Welcome to What Have You, featuring Rachel Jankovic and Rebecca Merkel. This audio is brought to you by Canon Press. Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. It's toasty and August-like here. And can we all just notice the quick turnaround that we just made, Rach, between our last podcast? We're proud of ourselves right now. All we have to do is make this an undeletable episode. And (laughs) pass it on to the right people to post. Yeah. If we can get that done, then... I just want to say that we've gotten to the time of the year where... The sky is washed out. Yeah. Like, it's really almost a whitish blue at the same time as the fields are getting all the wheat is ripe and everything's looking toasty and crackly and lots of grasshopper action. Also, my garden is looking toasty and crackly because... My garden never came to be, so... (sighs) Well, I did neglect... It's looking like everything else. (laughs) I neglected to really organize watering when we went out of town, and it did show that when I got back. (laughs) It left a mark, that that moment of not really watering. I haven't ever really figured out what makes the difference, because I've had years where the tomatoes were like a jungle that Mm. you could not reckon with. Like they just, you couldn't even get into the middle to Mm. get the tomatoes out. It was such a huge thing. This year, actually, I think we had a, we had a slow and cold start to the summer. So I would think that that would basil. Like I've had years where the basil was actually pretty luscious and I have the world's most pitiful squidge of basil that has it. It grew about three inches tall Got four leaves and then put out a blossom at the top, and that was <laughs> that was nothing it. will compare for me to the year you guys grew the carrot for the Lego man. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, we so do have. Good. Well, and you know, I pa- I planted a bunch of cilantro, and it it was doing good and sort of good. It seemed like it was doing good until I looked over and there was a renegade extra cilantro, one that I had not planted that was off in my raspberries. And it grew about as big as the raspberries. Like huge, luscious one cilantro. And then I look at my other ones that I did plant and it was very, very pitiful. (laughs) And so, I don't know. It's I feel like my garden might have just been being perverse this year, like everything else. It it's 2020. Just, it's not anyone's time just, to shine. No, not my tomatoes. No, They're nothing's looking doing well this year. Like, come on, guys. Let's get our act together. But, you know, maybe next year. Yeah, for sure. So I told Becca this already, but I still thought it was super funny that today I got a email from someone just being like, we just super, super love your Instagram. We love your, your content. content. We your love vibe. The, we love the things you say on your Instagram the and we love that you say are just what we think we want to say. <laughs> so we'd like to partner with you. Which I get these pretty often. I don't oh, know. Yeah. They're a little like weird. Little spam and and stuff, usually yeah. I just don't I don't do anything about it, but I was entertained enough to click on the link to their website. And guys, it's a it's a swimwear line that features buttons primarily. <laughs> and the idea the idea of it being someone pulling up my Instagram, like <laughs> pouring over the content. We just thought of you as I read your as I read your <laughs> things about the Department of Hell. No, I thought. You know what fits in exactly here? <laughs> the swimwear line of deep immodesty. That's what goes here. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of makes me want to be like, maybe I should partner with them and use some of their images with a big fuzzy blockout with Department of Hell No. Uh, I saw the other day a some in passing some conversation about modesty. Again, and I am tell you what, I tell you what, I find it, it's like, if Christians can just squabble over the super fundamental things that yeah. we shouldn't have to squabble about, then that's a way that we never move on to the deeper things, oh, because, no. because, this is the thing that just gets me down, 
it just seems so straightforward to me. I think if this was a conversation where someone was like, like, it was about swimwear, probably. People were arguing about the mm-hmm. appropriateness of swimsuit choices. Yeah. But tons of people just rolling their eyes at yeah. it like this is not even worth Christians no. discussing. discussing. And then other people would be like, I can't imagine you have any biblical basis for this kind of weird <laughs> statement. And you're like, you know, let's just... I just want to flag the Bible reading challenge. If you think there's no biblical basis for Christians to think that modesty on women is important, then you've missed some of the some of yeah. the New Testament. You've just missed so, it. Yeah, you have. And it's a thing. It's a thing you should go back and correct. You You're missing of that. Did like, you see that meme about? I <laughs> I think some of y'all need to stop highlighting your Bibles with a black sharpie. <laughs> Well, there's been a bit of that going on. And then the, the one I love is all these people who, you may be a professing Christian, but now you're completely, completely without, um, like a total relativist in all ways. If someone's like, the Bible says Christian women should be modest. And they're like, but we can't know what that means. It means we have, your heart. We your have heart no, should be modest. We have no knowledge at all of what modesty even is and so there's no way of checking if anyone is being modest and who can say it's it's yeah. impossible to have a standard you know what's here. funny i was just telling ben this i read this really super dorky book on one of our plane rides and it was a it was just a designer who turned out to have not very much to say, but she said it a lot of times in a row. Yeah, that'll, that But happens. the one part that I thought was really actually interesting was she's coming from a place where I know that her line of what's appropriate is not even close to where mine would be. Yeah. But she was, from a totally secular standpoint, doing a defense of modesty that I thought was really interesting. It was mm-hmm. like, and it was this funny story of her getting fired from a music video shoot because it was a female rapper and she was hired to style her for the video. And so she brought like some Gucci outfit or something. And it was like her, what she was trying to communicate with this lady and how everybody got a fat face because they just wanted her to be as sleazy as possible, you know? Uh-huh. And they fired her and she because she refused to do it because she was like, no, this is not in any way empowering to women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and it was very funny because, like, I know from her other, from the rest of the book that the things she would consider appropriate to wear somewhere, I would not. But at the same time, she is seeing what, the sort of yeah. the, the increasing immodesty is done to our culture, and she was talking about how I don't understand how you can be for women's rights and also do this, right? You know, like she's actually just has a kind of a common sense approach, and she was she pointed out that she's noticed how you know when the weather warms up or like when you have a special uh, special occasions like Halloween. Uh, and she said, and suddenly the women are wearing way less clothes, but the men are wearing basically the same amount they were wearing before. And she's like, and that tells you right there that something is not, something is not going right here. If, if, uh, you know, like there's no external pressure really to do it. If the guys are still wearing the same amount that they just had on. Well, it is interesting because it is. Like, the real funny part to me is that, like, there's no reason. We all know. If you're like, okay, the Bible says to be modest. Let's take an item of clothing. Let's say pants. And let's say, can you picture an immodest pair of pants? And just, like, take the loadedness of of what, because I think everybody imports into it that nice person they know who loves to wear leggings. Yeah. They, and they bring all the baggage to that. But the question is like, well, is there an immodest pair of pants? And imagine that. And then is there a modest pair of pants? Imagine that. And now ask yourself, (laughs) which kind should you wear? (laughs) Like, or, you know, like just like, just, it's not nearly as complicated as we always feel obliged to make it. Yep. Yep. It's that, true. Yeah. So, um, what was Actually, it that we were... Actually, no, you know what? This is a totally 
easy segue, Rachel. Okay. Well, we were talking take about us earlier. On the, take us on the segue. basically emotional immodesty. Yes. Because here's the thing. Is Letting I was, it all I was hang thinking out. about this. And, and there is a really, like, picture the kind of social media post where everyone's going to come rushing in to say, thank you for being so transparent. Thank you for being so vulnerable. Thank you for being like, just imagine that. Right. And usually it's somebody massively oversharing their emotional state or a struggle that they were going through. Now here's, here's the deal is that in the same way that there is nothing wrong with having a body under Are you those sure? clothes. Are you sure? You know, yeah. there is something wrong with taking it out into the public eye. And it's not because the body underneath it is wrong. It's because you are displaying it in an inappropriate fashion. Right. And I think that the same exact thing is going on with emotions. Because of course there's nothing wrong with going through a hard time. Of course there's nothing wrong with really grieving about something. There's nothing wrong with that, but there is something incredibly wrong with the way people take it out on parade and display it in this way that actually is grossly immodest. And it's usually the, the kind of the rationale is if only one person is helped by me okay, there's a huge, doing this. There's a huge, I don't even know how I see this because I don't follow very many people on Instagram, but I see it often enough that is usually someone holding a child and crying their face off while they take a picture of it and post a long and involved post about, about this. Yeah. Well, one of the questions, one of the things that maybe this is a controversial thing I'm about to say. I think it is. I don't feel controversial about it, but if it is controversial, you'll all... Know Let that you now. Know. You'll know that now. What I was going to say is that it's one of the big issues with this when people say, if this just helps one person, right. is right. that it is actually wildly in it, assuming a Christian marriage, assuming a whatever, it's very disrespectful of your husband. Oh, yeah. Because, because to post what is like his responsibility to shepherd you through, to be like, but I'm going to throw this out there. Like, if you're having... Okay, because here's the question. Did I have times where I cried while holding an infant or I cried while uh, I... Yeah. <laughs> I remember a specific time, in fact, where Blair <laughs> Blair was a newborn and she was a prolific eater even as a newborn. She was amazing. She still is a very hot fire. That child was born <laughs> with a metabolism that... I'm not sure we can keep up with. But either way, she was eating like a fiend. And then she got a terrible cold. (laughs) Couldn't nurse because she couldn't breathe through her nose. So it became quite complicated. And I still remember Luke coming home to help me. Like there was, because Blair, I mean, I had five kids at home and I think it was pretty, she was very new. So it was like, Mm -hmm. uh, probably, she's probably like a week old or something and so he came back home from work like he had just barely got you know Mm -hmm. he came home and I remember him opening the door of the bathroom where I was sitting on the edge of the tub holding Blair because I was trying to steam her you know like I had Mm -hmm. the steam going in there (laughs) and I was had milk I mean my pants were soaked with milk (laughs) and I and he says how are you? And I'm like, I mean, I think if you want to ask yourself about an ugly cry, that was the incredible ugly cry. Newborn mother with five small children and the baby won't eat. And now I am unfit to be seen in public to take her to the doctor because this whole situation is so deeply out of control. So my point is, it's not that we're saying you can't have moments like that or this is not allowed. But if in that moment... Instead of letting my husband protect me, be like, this is what we're going to do. Here's what I want you to do. Like, we're going to go to the doctor. You know, like, all of sure. all of this. If I had been posting tragedy photo shots of myself <laughs> on the internet, then I'm saying the people I most want to go through this very private and difficult moment yeah. 
is the great wide world. <laughs> and I have no care for the fact that this is also a private moment for my husband. Right. Right? Like, if your wife is an emotional train wreck, this is also, this is also his train wreck. Yes. You are posting yes. the underbelly of the marriage in yep. a way that yep. it does. And so when you say, if this just helps one person, I can tell you already one person that it's actively hurting. <laughs> yes. Right? Like, so it's not worth it if but, it just helps one but person. But also, that, that little reasoning doesn't, doesn't hold up that if it just helps one person. Because <laughs> I can think of lots of, lots of places where, um, for whatever reason... God wants this to be kind of private growth between you and him and the closest people Amen. around you. Amen. And so, so for instance, there are plenty of, of things that are lawful, wonderful, and, you know, think of sort of the marriage bed. Are there people out there who might need some tips well, or help? Probably, but does that mean it's okay for you to post videos and say, if this just helps one person, well, I just wanted this is, to this share is my, my knowledge about, that I learned. My it's question like, no, about chewing, no. it's like, is there anything wrong with chewing your food? Clearly not. Do we need to take lots of pictures of the food we're chewing? No, no. we don't. No. Not going to bless the world. And the thing is, is that like there are certain aspects of our life that... It's actually that are, sphere sovereignty, isn't yes, it? Yes, but it could be like... This could be wonderful growth, but it needs to be private growth. And there, sure, there can be places where it's like, it's really bad and you need to go talk to your pastor or you but need to get But that's what I was going to say is that whatever. there are times when something's really bad. You do need to bring in extra help. Like you may need, like, like going to a doctor, like going to a yeah. pastor, like getting trusted older friends to come walk yeah. you through some marriage problem like right. that. And this is nothing about that. Right. It's nothing about, but it's sort of this, like, it's actually like a little bit like a Matthew 18 process where you begin, you begin in the private, you then go to the next authority mm -hmm. out mm -hmm. you bring someone and else. I you think go that to there, the elders. I think that there is something where you can't, you can teach on it. Like think of, um, you know, Paul saying, let every, like to continue with the sort of sexual metaphor, learn to possess your vessel in honor, honor and not in passion of lust as the Gentiles do. Mm -hmm. Okay. So he gives a specific kind of pointed admonition, but he doesn't get into the nitty gritty. It's like, here's your instruction. And now you as a Christian work it out, work it out with you, your husband and God. And right. I can also understand times when maybe, yes, you've got to go get, help or whatever. Right. But the scriptures kind of put boundaries on that and you can't just get into posting everything you've shared with hot tips and videos, you know, like that would be wildly inappropriate. Keep it to yourself. Could you, could you give sort of general admonitions in a way that doesn't violate obscenity laws, you know, <laughs> probably, but you have to be super careful. And I think that on this emotional thing, people need to be a lot more careful than they are. Because, so this is a lot because like you and I, like you just talking about that. We talk about emotional control a lot and we would use specific examples a lot, like the one you just gave of Blair. But what you wouldn't do is go through it in that moment, no. blow by blow, live streaming through your emotional breakdown. You can later reflect on what you learned, curate that into principles. Well, part of the reason is about those. some of the time when you're having a big emotional vulnerability, you're in sin. So I'm going to go ahead and time, say often. Often, but some of the time, maybe something's being really hard and you need to process it in a godly way. Being really public about that is not going to help you with that. Being, being really public with that and then maybe later learning that you are actually in sin is making the situation itself far more complicated. When you have to sort through the, you know, some kind of an event that you're having in your life, having to, like, it's, what you're doing is... Say I post a picture of myself crying and saying, I just don't feel appreciated and <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. So then I rake in, you know, 
all the comments all of everyone everyone thanking me for talking about these deets and being really thankful with me. I think yeah. I think given the people who follow me on Instagram, mine would not be a total love fest if I did that. I think there'd be people being like, well, that's it between us now, Rachel. <laughs> but but my point is, if I did something like that, you are yourself putting a finger on the scales. You yeah. are bringing in an audience. How would you feel if your husband posted a picture of you and was like, guys, how many of you are with me that she's being unreasonable? I got her flowers last week. And I thanked her for this specifically. And because I forgot to bring that one bag of groceries in, she's now having a meltdown that I don't care about her. What do you think? (laughs) Right? Like, well, how bad... What are we doing? Like, taking this to the public. And that's part of this is really interesting because culturally, right now, it is that, the God of the people. Yeah. And and that doing that kind of public displays of your own problems is a way of appealing to your God. And it doesn't... It's, it, you're appealing to your God to say, vindicate me. But also... Vindicate me, oh people of Instagram. It doesn't even matter if you do that and then say, but of course I learned just to lean on Christ and to trust Christ through no, all that of this No, that doesn't wrap it up. Everything. That doesn't... No, because even though you're saying the right things, you're doing it all wrong. And right. that's not... God honoring. Now, Paul no. can talk about I've learned how to be abased and how to abound, I, how to be yeah. hungry, and and which means that he went through those struggles, and then he can talk about it afterwards. Of I learned how to rejoice through those trials, but he wasn't live streaming his every emotional. Well, he, wasn't, he wasn't. He wasn't going places and saying, "Let's all like, like let's have a pity party about." these things like let's go study my wounds and And he actually leans the other direction on it but it's not to say there's anything wrong with having to learn how to suffer want or how to learn how to be abased because that is what we all have to all part of the christian journey and so to wallow in that and have to learn how to abound which is a different kind of hardship yeah yeah and but like it actually isn't helping others for you to freeze frame the struggle and then wallow in that moment. Because I feel like that's, that's the, the uh, rationale is always, if everybody sees me go through this ugly cry, then they'll, then they'll understand. Uh, right. And it's kind of like, no, that, that really isn't, it's not imitating the writers of scripture in the way I think we really ought to be. They can talk about it later upon reflection, but they don't. Um, and I think even the Psalms are not that way at all. Even when the Psalms are going through like a present distress. Right. And I, okay, so here, here's the thing that came up on my, on my Instagrams and I posted a post whatever day that was, maybe it was Saturday about, um, about that study where people that I just thought was an interesting thing where people were listening to a pod, uh, listening to something in headphones. They thought they were testing headphone quality and they were nodding Yeah. and half of them or a third of them were shaking their heads and a third of them were standing still. And afterwards they asked them for their opinion on the matter. And the people who were nodding all agreed that textbook prices should be raised. And the people who were shaking their heads all said, no, that they shouldn't. And the people who were standing still had a divided opinion. It was like a really dry mm-hmm. informational thing. And the reason that I posted about this was just saying that it's not enough to affirm somewhere in the paperwork that you believe children are a blessing from God. But then in your body language all the time, complain and and right. be, um, you know, sighing and rolling your eyes and everything. Like, though, in a way, all of that is a profession of faith. Too, you know, yeah. like that, and that you're affirming something over and over that you right. don't believe to be, or that you shouldn't believe to be true. And I was just saying this is an unhealthy thing. Well, of course, you. I always, I get a lot of this direction of pushback from people. People are always concerned that I'm being 
legalistic and binding people's consciences and making people feel guilty for having complaining thoughts. And what about the psalmist? And aren't we supposed to be complainers? And I think, yeah, no, we're not really. Like, (laughs) if you read the Psalms, what you see is someone who is honest before God, but also resolves the issue with God. He brings his concerns there, but there is a resolution. Like, it will be, it'll be this, I'm, you know... Hard times in the psalm, and at the end, a declaration of God's righteousness. Or a, like, he is wrestling sometimes, but he is, he lands it. He does land it. He lands it. And the other problem is, when you read the psalms, if you're honest, very, very few of us have that level of problem. (laughs) And it's like, you know, when you're crying because you couldn't get to the grocery store again, you know... That's understandable, but David is talking about them lying in wait to kill him, and you know, yeah. And, and I would say, of course, the there is, is of course still you can human take... grief about all kinds of things that are very real and difficult and awful. But and so I'm just trying to say, yeah, of course, you're not in the same place as the psalmist, but we no, do. But if he can land it, well, with that level of problem, yes, then that's the then thing. That's a that... thing for you to recognize that a miscarriage is not. Not something that excuses you from glorifying your God and right. submitting to Him. Or a tragedy in your family is not right. something, or a divorce. These are not things that excuse you from behaving like a Christian. Right. And and that is really common for people to want it to. And grieving in those situations is perfectly natural and can be obedient. But you have to grieve like a Christian, which means A you know, turning to God Mm -hmm. and blessing his name, regardless of your Mm -hmm. trial, but also knowing that not all of this should be public. I mean, obviously if you lose your husband, then it's public. Everybody knows. And, And so it's not like you have to pretend that everything is fine, but your sorrow, I think that like you're really, um, changing the subject. If you, take it out to the streets in a, in a way that like, I, I just feel like you're, you're not, um, you're not going to the source of all comfort. If you go to the internet, you need to take that grief to God and have it be growth that you, I I want to affirm with him. I want to make sure that everybody who's listening knows that a thousand percent, if you're going through a really difficult time, be getting pastoral help. Yeah. Be like, what is, what are shepherds for? If not to help you shepherd you in times when things are terrible. But what it shouldn't be is a general overshare time. If that like you should be thinking in terms of dealing with it rightly before God, not it's sort of like, it's sort of like praying to be seen by men. Is it yeah. sancti- trying to get some sanctification to be seen by men or trying to right. like work through these issues and still be like, have some emotional dignity and modesty. Yeah. Even in, in the same way that there's nothing wrong with having the body underneath, but have some dignity and honor in how you <laughs> take it out in public. So somebody, and I think the same thing is true of our emotions. So when people have, when I, when I mentioned, I don't remember if we got further than me just saying that people tend to come after me to be like, you're oppressing people or you're, you know, women can't be, they can't think that they have to do this. You know, they should complain and it's fine <laughs> because if Christian women are not complainers who will be, <laughs> Because if Christian women aren't complaining, if we don't fill the complaining can void, they be modest. I, I mean, don't think can they nothing be like is honest. Nothing, is what I mean. They're, they're being you're oppressing them with achievement standards, which is so funny to me because asking them to be hypocritical. Because the weirdest thing to me, once again, a plug for the Bible reading challenge. Have you read your Bible? Because because God does not appear to be concerned that He can't tell us to behave a certain way. (laughs) And so when Christians quote the Lord on that, it's not us being insensitive. It's us being convicted, right? Like we're convicted that this is that what God says is so, and that this is a better path to, to life and joy and all of these things. But one of the things I think is interesting is I just want to say Christian women who think maybe it's legalistic to say, 
women should be cheerful and they should like their work at home and they should be modest and they should not be drinking too much. And they should be joyful. And they should be joyful and they should submit to their own husbands and they should not be liars. They should not be intemperate or gossips. They should not be running from house to house to gossip. They should not... All of these things that we've said are actually in scripture. (laughs) So we're not making it up like here's the new code of conduct for our clubhouse of real Christians. This is what God himself told us. So there's no, you know, whatever. But the question I really have is, is there a time when I could think that, that... the message Christian women needed to hear was not the one that I am delivering. Like, well, sure. You know, like, do I think there's that context? But it's not this one because that's my question. Do you know, like, in your own churches, is it more likely that some woman has surprised everyone by running off with her CrossFit instructor? Or, Or are the women actually legalistically judging one another for not having done freezer meals for the month. Could be both, actually. Yeah, actually, uh, that's true. (laughs) But I I guess I would say, what is the counsel that everyone is hearing all the time? What It's that thing with Inscrutape letters about in a flood, we get out Mm -hmm. the fire Mm -hmm. extinguishers. And that's the goal of the enemy, to have us responding to the thing that is not happening. Right. So when I write about that stuff, I'm really trying to provide the thing that I don't see anywhere. Right? Right. Like that you do not see it normally, women saying, well, let's act like Christians about this and... Let's. Right. Instead, they're like, you have to be raw. You have to do this. Yeah. You have to, like... Let it all hang out. Let everything please. hang out. Right. By all means, don't keep any secrets from us. Yeah. And I do think that it's a strange exhibitionism that mm-hmm. we've gotten into. And it goes both ways. Because I think people like to see it in other people. Like, So you have the emotional exhibitionists. And then, for whatever reason, some people get a uh, some kind of a thrill out of that because that is why the exhibitionists continue to have great success. To exhibit. When they, when they post this is because everybody comes in and is like, thank you so much. I really wanted to see that. Like, why? Yeah. Why did you want to see that? That's why weird. do people streak onto the field at baseball games? <laughs> why? Do you think? Is it because no one notices when they do it? <laughs> I know. I know. And it's a very... I think a really perverse element of our society right now is that we want to see that. And then we want other people to see us do it too because we want to get the acclaim the acclaim for being raw and vulnerable. Oh, we're like, oh, if only everyone could say to me, you're so beautiful, mama, even though you're not sobbing in this picture that you took of yourself yourself. while you're crying. Yeah, now, here's the thing. Guys, if you did that, Take if you down. did that, I recommend you take it down. But the other recommendation is don't be mad at us. No. Just think about it. Like, and if you honestly think there's nothing really wrong with it, then and you've been doing this, then I suggest that you pray about it in an open-handed way. Like, Lord, did this mm-hmm. glorify you? And I also suggest that you ask your husband if he appreciates that. Right. But see, like, I think... And, and, another, and then probably take it down. An overshare <laughs> metaphor. I told you about my fridge problem last week. Yeah. We have this horrible bathroom that needs to be gutted. But we can't keep gutting things. We've got to put some things well, back together Well, it's because first. you have also one bathroom that is gutted. Well, yeah. So and the one that's not we gutted. We gut the one functioning bathroom in our home. But for a while, there was a stretch of time where there was no power in there, so you had to take your phone in as a flashlight if it was after dark. That was a good time. But now there's a light. That's very exciting. Uh, but there's not a working fan in there. And you can imagine seven people showering. Well, I guess six now. Knox doesn't live there. Six people showering the amount of steam in a, in a bathroom that does not have a functioning fan. You can imagine that we get the stupid mildew problem that just keeps coming back. So then you're like bleaching the ceiling and, you know, and you can yeah. get it cleaned up and then it comes right back. And it's because the the climate of the room is conducive to this being a problem. 
right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was a stretch there where there was a working fan, and shockingly, I didn't have to bleach the mildew off the ceiling constantly because it was like it was just moving right. the air through there. And it's not because there was any less steam. It's just that it wasn't just collecting and festering and causing a climate where the right. mildew would really be happy. And I think that that is the situation with this is mm-hmm. that we have created a climate among Christian women where that kind of exhibitionism thrives. Yes. And if the minute it showed up, all the Christian ladies got out there with their sponge and their bleach to say, wow, you seem like you're really not doing okay. How can I, you know, encourage you? Let's talk about how you're doing. Let's well, talk one about thing, this One thing is that having. I don't think someone actually, it's a classic situation of, Emoting that does not want a solution. Right. And and there are times when I will tell you that if I'm like, I'm struggling with something, but I already know the answer to it. Like, I already mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Then you do sometimes not like you want to be, you want to be able to tell your husband your problem and not have him see readily the solution. Right. right. <laughs> You're like, this... This isn't about that, that I just need Remember to confess this. Remember that old this. video about with the lady with the nail in the middle, middle of her Yes, head? yeah, totally. It's, it's, like, not, it's about not about the, the nail. nail. He's so, like, well, there, there is a nail in the middle of your forehead. No, it's just his headache. I know. And all my sweaters are snagged. <laughs> and, and that's what I want to talk about. I know. And the thing is, is like, let's say that, um, let's say that a Christian woman posts her sad, crying everything's horrible, I'm struggling so much thing. Guarantee you there are going to be 89 comments of people saying, you're so perfect, you're so brave, you're so wonderful, oh, you're my all kingdom, that. My kingdom to be as brave as you <laughs> yes. are being right now while yeah. you mope. Right, now. While you do this. Basically what that is, is like let's bring in some more steam and let's really kind of blow on this little mildew and see if we can get it to be bigger. Now, if... All of the Breathe comments. Breathe on it. <laughs> let's see. Let's imagine that a woman posted that, and immediately all of her friends called her to say, "Hey, what's up? How? Let's talk let about me pray how with you're you. doing. I'd like to pray with you. Yeah, but, let's talk yeah. about how you're doing. And uh, I feel like we need to. Clearly, you're not doing all right. So let's figure this out. Nobody in those comments is offering actual help. They're offering more ambiance for the mildew to grow and yeah. thrive. It's like, oh, I have a handheld steamer. I could and bring then, that yeah. over and help you fog and, it up more. And everybody kind of thinks that by affirming it, you're making it better. But actually what you're doing is you're rewarding the behavior in such a way that it's going to come back again tomorrow. Right? Because that's how this woman is getting all of her encouragement. Well, it's sort of like having potty accidents. <laughs> like if if you're trying to potty train a child, when they have an accident is not when you give them jelly beans and no. reward them no. for that, right? It does not drive the activity you're looking for. <laughs> like what you're looking for is for someone to notice the problem and then deal with it right. appropriately. And some of the time you might think, well, but if I dealt with my struggle privately, no, then no, nobody, no. nobody would give me jelly beans. Nobody would like, know. You're right, actually. And that's what you're I looking, mean about... You're looking for something that's so much less than growing in the Lord. And let's think about sanctification and treasure in heaven. No part of that is getting likes on social media. That is, in fact, God has it's told us specifically... It's strangely beside the point. Uh, and yeah. we're told specifically, don't look there. Mm-hmm. That's not where your eyes should be is on that kind of thing. And yes, God might have to be the I only think, person that I think saw this, your obedience. This and, really applies to single women even about, more than to married women. But the God who sees in secret will reward, reward you openly. And so you have to just trust him and have your spiritual growth be willing to have it be in private. Yes. And not have anybody know that you learned that lesson. And maybe you can talk about that lesson Later, uh-huh. in sort of 
Maybe you can, maybe when you get some distance from it, you can tell the story because you have a more objective perspective, but it's very different than trying to wallow in it. But I what wanted, were you going to say I about was, single women? I was going to say that this applies almost even more to single women because, because if you're not married, then you're not sharing this, like there's, it's even a smaller circle of, sure. of how, who's yeah. going to see this. But I, w- and that's what I would actually encourage you all to really think through who are appropriate people to know and yeah. I would say it is not your it is probably not your girlfriend your best friend although it may be impossible to like I, but think through who are spiritual authorities in your life who are people that it is that you should include like I think for all of us it's good to know those things you and I have talked about how like uh we don't share we would totally share uh like with each other we would totally strengthen and encourage each other on like hospitality troubles. Like this is a field that we share together. You would totally tell me if you thought I was having a toot about something. And I think (laughs) I would tell you, I think we would both lean against, (laughs) lean against our own self-indulgence in those areas. But when it comes to like, your role as a mother or a wife. That's your husband. Yep. That is not your sister. It's not your girlfriend. Nope. It's not. It's your husband's job. And something that I've actually seen repeatedly, in more than one occasion, enough that I actually think of it as being a pattern. So, okay. And that is a woman who starts out her journey of oversharing mm-hmm. with her husband's blessing in some way. There's some way where he's like, maybe comments, I'm so proud of you. Or he's somehow kind of on stage when that starts. And he believes that this might be helpful. Maybe this is what has to happen to fix this. And so she starts that journey with a husband's support or blessing or vague, vague support. Yeah. Right? And... After not very long, he's totally out of the picture. Yeah. He's he's gone. This is her journey with the women folk. This is yeah. what she's doing. And it becomes an absolute shame to him. Yeah. And he becomes the man who has no role in this. He is elsewhere. He's gone. And in, many, in several cases, we've seen that turn into divorce. divorce it's yeah. not like something that... It's not like something that just, oh, their dynamic changed a little bit. It tears apart the home. And in Proverbs 31, there's the um, very famous passage, uh, verse 11. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. And that is a thing that I think we just don't think of as doing your husband evil. But that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Like we, I am, I'm going to vent all of this out here. I am going to make, do you think that if you're behaving like that publicly, that you the heart of your husband can safely trust in you if he's having a problem? Well, because if your whole, if your whole public image is look at how hurt I am, look at how traumatized I am, look at how miserable I am, look at how unhappy I am. Look at How? what a bad job my husband is doing. But and yeah. even if you're not saying that, that is so exactly what you're doing is like think of how everyone is going to think of this husband as like your dilapidated wife who can't cheer up ever. Yeah, it's or just... or the women who are like a husband who's so incapable of protecting and encouraging and strengthening his wife that I, a stranger from across across the country, need to step in to help and do that. Right. You and, know? And it's really amazing to me, and I know that this is not news. This is pretty obvious, but you see a woman say something like, I just want everyone to know that I left my husband. Okay? And there's that level, that level of information. Mm-hmm. You You see, did a good job. Nobody knows but you. You're the one who knows What's you should best. have left him. What yeah, the heck, only people? you and your children matter and and God knows and don't let the church judge you. Well, they probably said something like I'm really grieved to have to tell you all what I've tried to keep from you for a long time. But <laughs> my heart is broken and I've left I can him. no longer keep it a secret that 
I've had to leave the toxic situation. Flee from my life with my children. Now, here's the thing. If she actually was escaping with her life, like, barely, then that's one thing. But you don't know that. No. Just because she said it. And, and, I, you'll have, yes, 103 comments of people saying, never doubt yourself. What you did was perfect. I'm so proud of you. Nobody. So proud. Nobody says, did you cheat on him? Might have been. I wonder if it was the affair you might have had. I wonder if that did it. It's a relevant question. Not that you really should ask a person on social media that, but you know what I'm saying. Like I just, my theory is you should not be there for those conversations anyways. No. Do something more productive with your time than loitering over what may have happened in the emotional but, lives of people else. But I'm just saying, if when people saw this presenting problem, if they treated it as if it was a presenting problem, like, hey, let's get together, this seems bad. Right. Rather than you are wonderful, you are raw, you are vulnerable, I wish I could be like you. That is given a foggy bathroom and you are simply contributing to the issues. I already mentioned, I guess since I'm on a tear of saying the things people will probably be offended about, but (laughs) I already mentioned that I believe the world of Christian women counselors may have just come off the set from reenacting Anne of Green Gables' Lady of Shalott scene. (laughs) <laughs> that that may be their actual life, Somebody's and that they only pretending they only, to be dead, and so you're yeah. They only do a flowers. little yeah, and and while they all gather around and speak in flowery poetry about over the a situation, person who's pretending, who's drifting about in a canoe with a <laughs> yeah or a rowboat, whatever it is. My my point here is just that. That what I have seen happen is this increase in vulnerability and letting it all out and do it is often acted out under the protection and guidance of a scare quote Christian counselor woman instead of your husband. Yeah. That and that and so you think that this is all endorsed by your counselor with and and I would just say guys, please. Think harder about this before you do this. This is such a destructive path because the people who go get a counseling degree are oftentimes going to secular institutions Mm -hmm. to be told how to counsel and then they hang up their little shingle as a Christian counselor and, and they don't necessarily have biblical counsel for you just because it says, Christian counselor. And this is not to say don't get counsel. No, it's to say that use discernment when you, when you get counsel and the, the big ticket items I would say to look for is you want a counselor who believes that sin is a reality and believes that sin should be confessed, right? You want to know and that they get their guidelines for what is sin from scripture right? and that scripture is something that they believe to be inerrant and authoritative in the word of God. This is not to say that there are not some unbelievably gnarly, thorny, complicated problems because there are. I I understand that. We know about those. Yeah. But known some oftentimes when things seem hopeless, when it seems like there's no way out, when it seems like you're drowning in this situation and you can't possibly know what to do. The answer is not complicated, but it is difficult to make yourself go there. But you know, isn't there a t-shirt that says do hard things? I feel like that's kind of really the most difficult part is not realizing what the answer is. It's making yourself do it. And I do think every Christian has access to the word of God and that, you know, even if you don't have a pastor that you can talk to about it, and I hope that you do, but even if you don't have that, you do have Christ and you have his word. Right. And it's sometimes there are really, really complicated ones. So I'm not saying that, but many times. Well, actually, like, like we you come know from a counseling, we come from a counseling family. So both of us have a lot of experience of the gnarly, yes. the gnarly deeds that go on for years and years. And the, you but know, the like, real trick so, is sometimes it's like, you know what you have to do is I think you have to actually be willing to forgive your dad. 
And that and then you're that, like, oh, we've reached ground zero, and we're not going to. And it's like, and you know what? I totally get why that's hard, and why that actually you need the Holy a lot Spirit of help and grace because for that. Yeah. On a human level, I understand why you couldn't possibly forgive him, but. Right. And so it's not like it's a it's a complicated answer. It's just very difficult to actually do. It. It's like it's that uh, simple, but not easy. Yeah, a lot of the time. It's like or sometimes it's not simple either. Sometimes you need to forgive your husband, or you need to or leave your this husband. This is my big. <laughs> this is my big marriage advice. Uh, uh, yeah, no, actually, what you just said, you need to leave your husband. I'm surprised by how often I think that that women who are under the tyranny of their own emotions are way, way more likely to be under the tyranny of an actually, like a situation that they should have to glorify God gotten out of. Yeah. It's their own emotions that are holding them in bondage yeah. there because they are afraid to do it or they don't want to do it or they don't, you know, like, so they're ashamed to do so it. So often that's actually the part that the counselors run into is a, a woman that, that counselors are saying God's word tells you to get out of this. Right. And they're like, I wouldn't want to do that. You know, I don't want to <laughs> deal with that. I'm going to keep having this problem all the days of my life. Like I'm not yeah. going to make progress yeah. in getting out of a really bad, uh, situation, but getting out on God's terms, not on getting out because, because on, it does uh, not glorify God for you to be here or you but should not be. like modern American sensibilities on this question, which is, I just don't feel like the spark is there now. The spark has left. <laughs> Might've had something to do with my nonstop nagging and complaining, but can't say for sure. <laughs> uh, Couldn't I at least say. One of the things that I was going to say about, about, uh, my marriage tip is I feel like a good little fact checker in your own head is something that is much needed in a marriage, which is that like, so you feel annoyed at some annoying characteristic of something that your husband does or, you know, something that tends to cheese you off almost universally there's a perfect parallel of an item that you do that that if you just take a minute to reconnoiter about it you'll be like my i wonder how he puts up with me <laughs> you know like yeah like just the things like i think it's amazing that it's so culturally accepted that it's terrible that men don't put the toilet seat down but but we don't it's not something that we're like women with their curling irons. Yeah. They leave those everywhere, you know, or they do. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's funny that we have the things that we feel good about making fun of and yeah. then the things that we don't. But I just think a little quick pop quiz about where's yeah. the parallel trouble that I offer in this marriage. And then you're but, like, oh, you know, yeah, that's I see that. Kind of the magic of the golden rule. Yeah. Also the, the Lord's prayer of forgive us our as trespasses we forgive. as we forgive those who trespass against us and that is a terrifying thing to pray well just if, if you're terrifying. paying attention to it and not like, autopiloting you no. have to notice like oh like throw your Lord, mind back Lord make your forgiveness to me as bountiful as mine is to those in my house what no. yeah yeah just think about the last time you really tried to make your husband pay before you would <laughs> forgive him and it's like would you like to pray the Lord's Prayer right now? I mean, I feel like this is really? a good time to bring up just since we're really <laughs> on this topic, since we've really gone rogue now. I think this is a good time to bring up a great uh, biblical principle that isn't popular enough to get be told in public. <laughs> <laughs> Not popular enough to come up, you know. It's one of those among the ladies. Black but it's, sharpie it's, highlighter time. This is a major black sharpie <laughs> highlighter time, and that is is that one of your one of your opportunities as a Christian wife is not going to be denying sex to your husband when oh you when you're unhappy with nope. him about something. No, nope. um, no, nope. and it's a good idea for you to not give yourself that option at all. Like it's something that nope. you should just say. That's not one of the. That's not tools one of the in tools, and that, that's not one of the ones. I don't have that particular power. And as I know that this might 
come as a stunner to people, but that's actually yeah. spelled out in scripture. As straight up, that not one, I'm okay. not. We can't apologize to you for the lack of nuance in that. <laughs> See, this is the thing that kills me: is like scripture, which is inspired by God, and right and good, <laughs> says that without a ten-page qualification yeah. honing in on the situation. It's just don't do that. That's yeah. not one of your. It's not one of your solutions in life. No, and but it's nor, so commonplace. Nor may you do it in a sulky and out of fellowship way either. Let's just. It's well, not that like, would be a different layer of yeah. problems. Yeah. No, but the point is, is that by not acknowledging, well, I actually think that that if you say this is just not a tool in your tool tool belt, I would say that that part of that is that doing it sulkily is using the same. Yes, tool. it is. Yeah, yeah it's the same kind same. of. I might yeah. participate, but I won't be any fun. <laughs> it's the same thing. Anyways, the point in yeah. all of this is just to say that Christians are kind of, it's like the Lord meant us to be a pretty tough people. You know, when almost you read as if, almost as if the Lord intended almost. for us to be strong and courageous, courageous and actually to have conviction and, and to have the armor of God. Almost, almost like he expected us the world, the flesh to and be the devil. some kind of a force. <laughs> like not he didn't call his people, you know, like I think the things that he tells people to do, being strong, being courageous, spreading the God, like declaring the gospel to people, like being testifying, ready to sacrifice. being ready to die. If you need to die for your faith, be ready for that. Like, that's one of the things I love about the Son of God Goes Forth to War is such a great song. Uh, it is. And, but it's one of those ones, you know, the big calling about, uh, it's all the murders and everything, but with the re- refrain, who follows in their train. And to recognize, and that, and that also, the noble army, men and boys, the matron and the maid, every Christian is yep. called to this yep. life. And if it seems like that's too harsh, you only think it's too harsh because you are not believing in the resurrection. Like if you think all these tough cookies parts of Christianity are that the end of Christianity is tension and sadness and it like you're not believing about what hope. we're actually doing and you're not believing yep. actually in Christ and you're not believing what your faith is actually about. And so if you've come up, you know, in the evangelical world, it's not uncommon for people to think Christianity is about feeling loved and accepted and it's about feeling good about yourself. Coziness. That's what it is. Christianity is about Thomas Kincaid paintings <laughs> and really overwhelming Yankee candle scents. <laughs> The ones, the ones especially that are modeled after baked goods. So you feel like you accidentally inhaled muffin candle. Like I may have accidentally inhaled all of Cinnabon's frosting for the week. (laughs) Anyways, my point here is that is that you can't. You're like lost perspective here on what Christianity is like and what it's for when we think it's just for safety and for comfort it's like it's actually no it's for eternal glory it's for yeah it's for something so much bigger than us that letting go of things like like little affirmations of instagram weepy fests is actually not a big you know it's not a big loss no not a big loss at all we're not saying stop doing that so that you can have no good in your life right it's like Stop doing that so that you can grab hold of something that will be way better. Way, 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 way better. Exactly. Sometimes I think we get a little strong in the podcast, and I think we Mm. may have done that this week. But, guys. Just know that we could have dialed it up to 11, but we didn't. I feel like we really... I thought we were calm and controlled. We didn't touch on anything that might bother anyone, so that's good. No. Yeah. No. Speaking of Christianity that doesn't smell like Yankee candles, (laughs) sometimes Christianity smells like scorched puddle glum. (laughs) You know, C.S. Lewis's gravestone in Oxford just says, man must endure his going hence, which is Mm. a quote from... Shakespeare, I think it's King Lear. Which, actually, I know from his whatever, I think it was, they had a calendar 
they had a calendar in the Lewis house uh-huh. that had literary quotes on it, and that was the quote the day his mother died. Really? That, and that, okay. that, so it was well, it's actually on his, a, It's on his tombstone, and someone sent me a the quote. The thing is, I love it because it's it combines, like, it's not all daisies and buttercups and bunny rabbits. You know, it's you have to endure it. It really mm-hmm. like it assumes the trials. It assumes the hardship. It assumes the sorrow, but it also assumes the bravery and the perseverance. And that's the piece that I think we have lost as sort of modern evangelicals is we like to assume the trials and sorrows and big debacles, yeah. but we don't like to assume that we're going to have to endure it, mm-hmm. you know, with bravery or grace or fortitude or sometimes silence. Yeah. So I, as a final, wow, we're almost to a whole hour. As a final, somebody, Tiffany Fowler sent me a screenshot of this. It is really funny. It's a good blessing. This one. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. And never regret anything that makes you smile. Mark Twain. <laughs> <laughs> But I googled it because I thought, surely not. It was something about uh, nothing in life is easy except eating pancakes. <laughs> and it actually is Spurgeon. <laughs> I was amazing. like, I, what got into Spurgeon on that day? Um, I actually just was confused by like, I wonder what he thinks, pan- like what his vision of a, oh, there is hardship in everything except eating pancakes. <laughs> You might be onto something with that. No, I thought that was pretty good. That is. That's hilarious. Anyways, follow the guidelines of Mark Twain and it will all go well for you. (laughs) Oh, wow. All right, so do you have a tip, Beck? I think we already gave a tip. Our tip was go reserve your. Don't be a miserable cow. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, don't be a miserable cow is always a good advice. (laughs) But also. Uh, also, I want to say, if you have that kind of heaviness in your life and you're having that problem, recognize that it's not that it's not that Christianity is saying you have nowhere to put that sorrow. Exactly. You, it's not saying it's saying don't put it in all these earthly vessels and stupid things. Like, give it to God. Deal with it yeah. before God. You have a place. And if you're going through and, a public and, hardship. It's not like you have to pretend you're not. Yes. Just do it like a Christian. And think about what it actually means that you have Jesus at the right hand of God interceding for you. And you have the Holy Spirit with you. And what does it mean when your heart says it's, that's not enough. Right. It means nothing but unbelief. And we're supposed to take comfort in his sufferings because he suffered for us. And so... You know, we're supposed yeah. to look to that. That is our comfort. And so yeah. don't forget that in the middle of your own sufferings. Yeah, don't. The whole shebang is it's, God's. And it's, it's not of to God. be compared for to God. the glory that will follow. No, and, and also, uh, and also the, just the reality that we have been given all of this, this whole life on this earth. Okay, I'm getting, I have to say this though. I won't remember next week, so I'm just going to say okay. it now. All right. That sometimes you see someone in a situation where they're at a crossroads in their life. And it's really difficult. Like where you're looking at it and you're like, you have to take the path to the left that is up a rocky, rocky hill. Like, yep. you're like, because because of sin, because of all of these things, you're at this place where following Christ looks 
excessively difficult. Right. Right? And you know that they don't want, that their heart does not want that. And there's another path that looks like a much different, easier, better solution. But it is a path that goes to hell. Mm -hmm. So a good example about this would be something like a marriage that is ending or a situation where things are, where maybe a woman should separate from her husband for biblical reasons but not divorce him. Sure. Right? Where you do not actually have... You do not actually have grounds for biblical divorce. Okay. But you shouldn't be with him. So so the world would be saying, divorce him and yeah. pursue the rest of your life of trying to be happy. You know, like, yeah. you may be in a situation where you did a thing that is costing you so much right, right now. But that crossroads is, do I follow Christ? Do I follow him even though this is going to be a really difficult life? Or do I leave my faith so that I can have what I perceive to be an easier way Mm -hmm. out or leave the church or leave the, you know, whatever. And the thing that I always just wish people would, it's like, there's no way to really communicate this except for our life on earth is just a vapor. It is just a quick, like it's not very long. It's going by so fast and eternity is on the other side. How worth it is it? For you to follow Christ when it's hard here yep. so that we have eternity and glory with him right. instead of thinking, no, I actually think I should do the easy thing that will make me happy for 30 minutes exactly. right now. The easy thing that will sort of seem like it will fix my problems, but it will not fix my problems. Right. And But it's just eternity is actually a lot more than your life. And that that's is the kind thing. of the main moral of all the teachings in the New Testament. It's like, keep your eye on the things that last. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what was the part we read this today? This momentary about, affliction. Yeah, but which the is stuff we read today about eternal the, weight of glory. The, all of your works being burned and the person whose works survived the fire versus the one who... All of it goes up in smoke, and mm-hmm. you might be saved, but only just. And everything you did is gone versus the person who was building with things that will survive that flame. And exactly. So, and and the building your house on the rock is harder to do. Yeah. Right? It's just, there's just a lot. And that whole, the concept of this momentary affliction yeah. is actually talking about your life is momentary. Yeah. This is momentary. And it's working for us in exceeding an eternal weight of glory on the other side. And that's what faith is. That's what belief is. Is that following Christ. Is. Yeah, following Christ. When, like that whole concept of let us run with endurance. A race that is before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Why do you have to fix your eyes on Jesus? Because the race that is set before you is a crazy obstacle race a lot of the time. Yep. And and so it's constantly tempting you to not fix your eyes on Jesus. It's constantly tempting you to be like, whoa, what's happening here? Like, what's this? What's that? It's not, and that's, that is a thing that I think we think, well, of course you fix your eyes on Jesus, except for no, we often don't. You know, we actually are <laughs> we told to do that don't. because we're really terrible at looking around us and doing well, other things. we're so concentrated on our selfie face. Yes. Like we look at our own selfie face very often. And we're like trying to run our race with the best selfies that we can. <laughs> where the reality is that fixing your eyes on Jesus is the only thing that makes sense of the obstacles. And it's right. the only thing that makes sense of all the trials that we have. So there you go, guys. We went way over time today, guys. So, so the moral of the story of that is what you will. Go be martyred and do hard things. That's <laughs> what we want you to do. <laughs> Until next time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.